Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Welcome, welcome, welcome yeah. to another episode of the Solve Booking Podcast. Here we go, another week. U of A bouncing yeah. back in a big way. Utah, see you. See you later. Go back to Colorado because Colorado can't win in Tucson. That's just how it is, baby. And then uh, Arizona. Women's hoops going up to Washington, taking care of both of the schools, coming back from huge deficits in the first quarter uh, up at UW. Uh, shout out to the ladies, Ari McDonald, greatest basketball player ever, period. Here we go. And, uh, you know, we're going to touch on some Sean Miller stuff. He's got some cool behind-the-scenes access that he gave Stadium that we're going to play a little bit for you. And then uh, we're going to wrap it up with a serious topic, mental illness. It's uh, it's on the forefront. Everybody's talking about it. And I want to just kind of point you in the right direction. Should you or anybody else you know need some assistance in that forum, um, it's a serious topic, one that holds true to myself. It's very close to my my heart because I had to go through mental illness and some depression issues before PTSD. And uh, I got through it. And But that was by the grace of God and also the people around me. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, that there's systems in place to help everybody in need. And we're going to talk about that later. So let's get to it. Hey, everyone. You know, protecting your loved ones is is important. And on that list of protecting your loved ones, obviously, is home security. And nowadays, you can never be too sure about your home security system. You need to make sure that it's solid. No matter what neighborhood you live in, the potential for theft will always exist. And that's why you need a good home security system. And for that, I would recommend Simply Safe. Okay. If there's a break in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. And that's awesome. And it's so good. That means police dispatch will arrive 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. I mean, you can't beat those statistics, right? You get alerts to motion and glass breaks in addition to receiving protection from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning in your home. And right now, if you go to simplysafe.com slash overtime, you can get free shipping on your order plus a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com slash overtime to save on home security today. Simplysafe.com slash overtime. Protect yourself, protect your family, protect your loved ones. Hey, it's the way to go. Man, it was a much needed weekend sweep for this Arizona basketball team. They looked they looked really good, especially against Utah. Max Hazard, man, he looked amazing against Utah. That was fantastic. But really what I want to get into is that Colorado game. The Colorado game wasn't the prettiest game. You know, they had they had some nice plays and you know they they played solid. Defensively, I thought it was one of the better games of the season. But they weren't they weren't great. They weren't amazing. And that's how good they are. That's how good they can be, especially if they put it all together. They just need to find their way. And it was a much needed win. Uh, this upcoming three game stretch is going to be of the utmost importance and you know it, it all starts with ASU. Uh, and we'll talk about ASU here at the end, but it's a much needed. It was a much needed sweep. Period. You know, and uh, let's let's start with some key takeaways, right? Max Hazard, I think, is one of the biggest takeaways from the weekend. Uh, he got a little bit more rope to play with uh, when it comes to Sean Miller, and against Utah, he really showed out. He hit those shots. He was really a catalyst to really blow out the Utes, and I thought he was amazing. And some of you on Twitter have been clamoring for that to happen. It finally did. 
Max Hazard is a great shooting talent. Can he do the other things that will allow him to stay on the court? That is what has been kind of his his issues with Sean Miller. You know, there was a time uh, a couple games ago where he didn't box out. Guy got the rebound, and Max Hazard got the next horn, and he was sitting on the bench. Bench. So he has to do those small little things in order to give himself an opportunity. And why is Max Hazard so important? For the love of God, we all know what Sean Miller's major Achilles heel is. It's the zone. And when you have a zone buster like Max Hazard, you have to take advantage of him. Let him lead you to the promised land. If he gets hot against one of those zone teams, it's over. It is over. You're going to have to go man-to-man, and this team is much better suited to go man-to-man than they are against the zone. Then we move down. Nico, I still need more from you, buddy. I still need more from Nico Mannion. I know he got us 12-7-5 against Colorado, and then he, but, and before that he had 11-3-5 against Utah. I still need more. I need Homie to average 20 points a game. Like he needs to, by the time we hit the tournament, if we got to like the final four, I am a thousand percent positive you would look back on his stats and say, man, in the Pac-12 and the NCAA tournament, this dude has been balling and averaging at least 20 points a game, high assist rate, and he's rebounding in the mid-tier range, like five to six. Like I, I promise you that is what's going to have to happen. Nico Mannion is going to have to find his way. I think he's starting to find his way. He's starting to get a little bit of that confidence back. He was shaken, but he isn't stirred. So I think it's starting to come back. I hope that when I watch him the next time, specifically against ASU, against ASU the first time he was okay. He was, he was, he was pretty good. Um, but this time around, I'm looking for a 20-plus point outburst, especially considering he's playing back here closer to his hometown, you know, Pinnacle High School, um, you know, is nearby. They're, you know, his his clonies, his friends, his buddies, his homies, whatever you want to call them, they're all going to be at the ASU game, uh, and they're going to be rooting for their boy. And I want to see Nico break out of his little – it's not even a slump. It's just, it's just a kid trying to find his way. You know, that doesn't mean he's not going to play in the NBA. That doesn't mean he's not going to be a high lottery draft pick. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means he's trying to figure it out at this level. And sometimes it takes others longer than than others, period. So I would like to see him really show out in this game. And I think if there's any game he's going to do it, it's going to be this game. He's going to want to put on a performance. He's going to want to show everybody that came out to support him last year that nothing has changed. He's still the real deal. And I believe he is. He just needs to take his time and work at it. Zeke Naji continues to be one of my favorites. 36-20 and 20 over the two games, and he's just scratching the surface. I mean, Zeke could literally carry the interior of this team to a title. That's how good he is. Now, he needs a lot of help to get there, for sure, obviously. But interior-wise, he could get to a point this season where there is nobody that can stop him in the country. Then what are you going to do with him? And that's why he was freshman of the week this year. He was that dominant freshman of the week. And, uh, but the others need to step up. Others need to step up. And I, I, I'm, going to sh- I'm going to point out a, a few things. And Sean Miller, to his credit, he has, he's really provided a couple key insights um, to Josh Green, to Nico Mannion, and uh, how to really get the most out of certain things that they are doing. And I think that gives you a glimpse in, in terms of what 
they could be and what he sees in them, which is more important. So, and then, uh, you know, Josh Green, very good. I think he's still U of A's best defender. He's a catalyst. When he starts diving on the floor for loose balls, when he starts really, you know, he kind of plays with his hair on fire, that's what keeps Arizona involved. That's what keeps the others on a certain level in terms of intensity. And I think he needs he needs to be the one that kind of carries that torch. There's nobody else on this team that can really do that outside of Josh Green because he has proven it time and time again. He has a lot of emotion. He plays hard. He plays physical. I love it. I love everything that Josh Green brings. There's a couple things that he's going to have to work on if he wants to play at the next level. But we're not talking about the next level. We're talking about college. Can he develop enough to get us to a Final Four? That's what we're talking about. And I think Josh Green will be able to do that eventually. Right now, he still has got a little bit of work to do. You know, his jump shot needs a little bit of work. He can shoot threes, but he needs to be wide open, something that Miller pointed out. And he just needs to play a little bit more composed. I think sometimes he gets too ahead of himself. You know, his, his body's ahead of his feet. And if he slows down just a touch, he could be far more effective. And uh, so that, that's kind of what I, what I took away from this weekend. I love the balance that I saw. You know, inside, outside, a little transition, some some good motion work, um, and I and I thought they did a, a solid job overall. ASU, <clears throat> ASU is going to be a different kind of team than they saw the first time. I don't believe ASU will shoot so poorly this time around. I just, I mean, I can't believe they 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 would. I mean, they could for sure, uh, but I, I just. I think Edwards is going to be able to come back. Um, Rob Edwards didn't play the greatest game at all. He was pretty terrible the first time down Tucson. But he has come on of late, um, had a good weekend series against Utah and Colorado, and uh, especially against Utah, he kind of found his stroke. I believe he had 26 points or something like that. And I think he is going to be the, the additional key outside of the, the usual other two, which are Remy Martin with Vermilla White. Those are the those are the guys that are, are – are you know you you need a key on you know Remy Martin and, and Ramilla White those are the two that you know you need to keep an eye on. ASU has been largely inconsistent. I mentioned that Rob Edwards had 26 points. Actually, he had 24 points. My bad. 24 points uh, against Utah, but everybody else not really contributing too much. Remy Martin had 20. Outside of that, the only other person in double, double figures was Tayshawn Cherry with 11. Tayshawn Cherry, Ramilla White, Kamani Lawrence. You have to keep an eye on those three. I don't believe any one of those guys are going to be world beaters. Uh, com- the, the one that has the potential to is Tayshawn Cherry just because he has the outside game. But if you're just physical and you keep them off the boards and, pre- and eliminate second chances, I think Arizona should win this game by 20-plus points again. I just don't see a scenario where they falter and can't match the intensity and really live up to the first time around. It, they understand that the environment is – very hostile. They understand that the students hate their guts. Arizona will be will be prepared. They understand what's at stake. They cannot lay up any more eggs for the rest of the season. They need to start proving to themselves that they have what it takes to be a premier team in the country, let alone the Pac-12. So a lot of work left to do, and uh, I, I, I leave you with this. Expectations can kill a program. They can kill... Um, the morale of a team if they don't live up to the expectations that the fans set upon them. Um, and I think Sean Miller does a pretty good job in-house of keeping those expectations within within reach. 
and not the expectations of the fans. It's the expectations within those circles. Sean Miller would never tell his team, hey, we should win the national championship this year if we're that good. He would never tell them. He would just want them to play to their best ability and their best potential, and whatever that should result in, then that's what it results in. And you can't control that, right? And I think uh, what I'm about to play for you is a little soundbite from Stadium as they got all access with uh, Sean Miller and his practice before they actually went to the Oregon-Oregon State game. So take it you know, w- with that perspective. But he has some words with um, Josh Green talks, talking about what he should be doing on the court, uh, especially when it comes to three-pointers. And then he has some words with Nico Mannion in terms of like how to view the game and what lens to uh, – which to look through. And uh, I think both of those are key points. So take a listen. Here's what I would tell you. You were the player of the game by our standards. That's what I said to you after the game. You checked the box in virtually every category to help us win. And I would tell you, I don't know if you passed up any threes, but the second half three is the one where I'm like, you know what, don't shoot that driver. Vert, he's running at you foot over top. You just look at the rim and go right to the basket and put him in Finish it, right? Get the end one. My point to you is it's not that I don't want you to shoot them. Just take uncontested wide open threes, and you're going to make those. Part of the deal, like in practice, as, you, as you'll find out, is like we've been preparing you for this the whole time, you know, day one. That's why those one-on-one drills and why I'm always on you and challenge the shot because from this point forward, every guy you guard, you're going to respect. You know? But I thought our team is on the right track, too. You guys kind of understand probably a little bit more now what I've been talking about. It's not just that the big guys have to shoot. It's it's like it's a way of playing that's physical, and it leads to, like, other opportunities, you know? So that was pretty solid, right? Uh, great advice to give uh, those young men, and uh, I think we should cap this off. It's a little Sean Miller, you know, this is a little Sean Miller segment all, all of a sudden. I, you know, I, I wasn't kind of expecting that, but... Uh, Zeke Naji actually got to sit down with Jeff Goodman. And when he talks about expectations, this is where you can hear the, the Millerisms in his voice. He doesn't say Final Four. He doesn't say National Championship. He doesn't say Pac-12 title. He just wants the, the team to play to the best of their abilities. And who knows what could happen. He puts it in terms of the sky's the limit. But I want you to hear how he says these things and why you have to temper your own expectations because you can't put these labels on these kids so early, especially when they're freshmen. And best believe these three freshmen are going to keep Arizona alive or kill them in the tournament. So I want you to hear Zeke Naji's perspective. What's the ceiling on this Arizona team? What do you think it is? Because the three of you guys, the the big three, I'll call you, are all freshmen. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's another team in the country. Usually you look at a Duke and – um, and maybe a Kentucky, but they actually have some older guys among their top three guys. Yeah. I think you guys might be the only team in the country that have your, your top three scorers as, as freshmen right now. So what, what's the ceiling on this team, do you think? I think that uh, sky's the limit. I mean, I, th- I don't think we've played our best basketball. I mean, we've played some good games, but we definitely could have played a lot better in some of the games. And even some of our losses, we played, we played really bad. But, I mean, they're still close games. So I think that we have, a, we have a, a really high ceiling, and our best days are ahead of us. You know, and that, that's why I love this kid. You know, he, he's, he's just mature. He's mature. Uh, he's well-rounded. He's the best player on the team right now, and he knows that the future could be very, very bright or it could be very, very bleak. Either way, they still need to play 
to the best of their abilities. And I think as U of A fans, we know that, you know, we can bitch and gripe all we want, but we got to support the team. We got to support the team. And I think that's that's uh, exactly what we're going to do. And I think this is exactly where this Arizona basketball team was meant to be right now. And I do believe they're on the cusp of really kind of flipping the switch and turning a corner. And I would not be surprised if you start to see that here in the next four, five, six, seven games of just outstanding play and great overall basketball that you're going to see from the red and blue. So speaking of support, hey, I can't say enough about you guys and, and the fan base showing up to show some love for the Arizona women's basketball team. When the Oregon and Oregon State School shows up, you have another opportunity this weekend. Mikhail, ASU, we'll talk about that when we return from this break. You know, one of my uh, morning rituals every day when I wake up is to take a look at what the athletic has in its bag. You know, it's it's a great subscription. It's a great uh, app. For those of you who don't know, the Athletic is a subscription-based sports news site for real fans. It's just that simple. It it isn't filled with clickbait material, uh, which is what I love. You know, uh, great local and national writers like Sham Sharnia, uh, Seth Davis, Brian Hamilton, and locally with uh, C.J. Holmes, who covers your Arizona Wildcats, both football and basketball, and he is the beat writer to follow. He is great, great dude. He, uh, he knows his stuff, and you know what? He interacts with, with followers and, and people who want to interact with him, especially on Twitter during games. So uh, he's a great follow. The Athletic provides quality, in-depth content that goes beyond the box score about your favorite teams. No ads, no clickbait, just good content. And now they have a great deal for you simply because you're listening to this podcast. Just download the Athletic app. Pick your favorite teams, and The Athletic will begin servicing all the latest on the players and storylines that matter to you the most, all for 40% off a yearly subscription by going to theathletic.com slash overtime. That's theathletic.com slash overtime. It's a must for any sports fan like you and I. McDonald racing downhill and giving Arizona its first lead of the day. Straight to the paint. Euro. Oh, McDonald with the flex. And the She says, no, you can't guard me. Change of speed with the contact and the finish. She wants this game. She wants this game bad. She'll do it herself, too. There it is again. The first step, the in and out, the shiftiness. It's elite. That was Amazing, uh, you know that that what was great about that soundbite was that was from the perspective of one of the greatest women's basketball players to ever play college basketball, and that uh, was Kelsey Plum. She's the NCAA's all-time leading scorer. She's a lefty, and she was a senior when Ari McDonald was a freshman. And Ari was able to look at her, watch her work ethic, follow her lead, and she is. Man, McDonald, to me, and this is not a knock on Kelsey Plum. Kelsey Plum was awesome. She was amazing. She was a fantastic ball player. She's nowhere near as athletic and as fast as Ari McDonald is, and Ari has more potential because of that. I said it there. That's exactly what I believe. Ari McDonald has the potential to be a better basketball player than Kelsey Plum, hands down. And uh, I just think it's ironic that Kelsey Plum had those great things to say about her. And uh, and, and to pull this team back from 
it was 27 to 8 after the first quarter to pull this team back together and really lead the way lead the charge all the way back and then they win for for relative terms kind of going away you know an amazing scene at you at Washington State they were kind of sluggish to a degree they they weren't crisp but the talent level now is to the point where they can have an okay game and still win pretty easily you know 5 10 15 points right against UW UW is kind of a team on the rise a little bit they're trying to pull themselves out from the sellers of the Pac-12 just like Arizona had except for the fact that Arizona just has better players and I didn't know if it was going to come this quickly but Ari McDonald doing what she does gives everybody else the confidence to do what they do and it was it was a, it, quite the scene and uh, here's a few words from Ari McDonald as she talked about the Wildcats win. We just had to settle down, play our game. We couldn't let the defense dictate to what we were doing. And once we settled down, I think that we really played our game and we played with much heart, so I'm proud of my teammates. A, in transition, I mean, you just blow by everyone. You had two Euro steps, one left, one right with contact and one, the flex. What is it about transition that you love so much and you're able to get to where you want to be? I love transition because the opponent doesn't know where I'm going, so they have to think and they have to try to beat me. So I love how creative and crafty I am on a one-on-one situation. What do you think this team can be? You, you got tested today, didn't play maybe your best defense the other night in Pullman, still got the win. What do you think the Wildcats can be this year? We can be something special if we keep playing the way we're playing, playing together, playing with heart, sharing the ball, playing for each other. Sky's the limit for my team. Yeah, he's spoken like a, uh, an All-American, right? And, uh, you know, I mentioned a little bit ago is that she gives the confidence to everybody else on the team to really kind of pull it together, right? And so after that first quarter, they're down by 19. They cut the deficit to nine points at halftime. Then they come back and they take a three-point lead going into the fourth quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, they put on another five-point difference and they win going away by eight. It It was just beautiful basketball and... That supporting cast I'm talking about, one one girl that is, or one woman that is kind of going under the radar is Helena Puello. She is, she is a nice player. She plays tough defense. I mean, tough defense. She's she can shoot from the outside. She's got a little bit of an all around game. Ten points for her, twenty five for McDonald, ten for Kate Reese with six rebounds, and twelve for Sam Thomas. I talked about Sam Thomas last week and how I felt like she needed to do a little bit more. She she needs to score just a little bit more. If they want to beat those upper echelon teams, Sam Thomas is the one everybody needs to look at to score just a few more points. Sam Thomas, Sam Thomas, Sam Thomas. Did I mention Sam Thomas? I love her. I think she's great. She is a, a very, very, very nice person. She plays so hard. She's so well-rounded on and off the court. I believe she has like a four point something ridiculous GPA. She's an amazing person, amazing athlete, and she can be even more amazing when it comes to her legacy at the University of Arizona if she can help contribute to getting this team a first round home series, first and second round home series at McHale for the NCAA tournament. That's that would just be so amazing. I'm I try not to get too excited. This team is the 18th ranked team in the country. ASU is 16. Um, after they swept the Oregon and Oregon State schools. Tremendous opportunity coming up. 
at McHale for Arizona to get another key win over another top 20 team. And uh, I'm excited for it. I know you're excited for it. And when we come back, we're going to talk about something. We talked about, you know, I, I mentioned earlier about Sean Miller and talking to players, right, and trying to get into their heads and trying to figure out why why they should be doing something or why they should be looking at something through a specific lens. Well, what I'm going to talk about is how we can help each other and help those around us when it comes to mental health because, you know, players, coaches, fans, we're all in this. We're all in this. We only get one life. We only got one world. Um, And I think if we touch base on this for a second, it would make me feel good. Maybe it'll make you feel good. Maybe it can help you out as well. And uh, we'll move forward. So stick around. Truth be told, I'm going to speak about something pretty serious. It's mental health. Um, lost a friend of, of mine last week. His name is Fernando Galvan. Um, he was a, a director at camp. He was a co-editor of mine at the Daily Wildcat. He embraced me uh, when I was starting my journalism sports journey. And uh, him alongside with Justin Spears, um, us three, we, we just had a blast um, for a short period of time. And um, that was back in 2015. And uh, his funeral services are this Saturday. And as I reflect on him, I, I think about um, the demons that he, he was fighting. And he never verbally said what those were. But I, I had conversations with him where I knew other things were going on in his life that he didn't want to tell me about, um, that he couldn't control. And I don't believe that they were um, external. I think they were all internal. And sometimes when you don't have the proper support to get through that, it can really take a toll. And he's gone now. He's left this world. And the the demons are gone. And um, I, I just, every time I think about that, I think about mental health illness and how important it is for everybody to make sure that they're okay. And to not be so you know not to have so much bravado that you just completely disregard your own safety and your own health and it's okay to be vulnerable sometimes there's plenty of resources out there people who want to help people want to help you period people want to help you Um, i was down that road as well seven years ago probably the worst worst year of my life was 2012 2013 and if it weren't for the love and support of my now fiance, I wouldn't have been able to get through the PTSD. I wouldn't have been able to get through the depression, you know, and I know he was depressed and I know he had PTSD and I know he had issues and I tried to help him get those issues solved. So did Justin Spears and a ton of other people. And sometimes it just comes down to, you gotta, at some point you gotta help yourself, you know, and, and it's okay to make a phone call. And I implore anybody out there, if you're on the campus of U of A and you're listening to this, 520-621-9202 is the health center. They can get you hooked up with a medical professional, a mental health professional that can give you the help that you need. Um, Everybody else, 1-800-273-8255 is the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Please, please, please write it down. Put it in your, your wallet. 
you don't know what other people are going through. In this day and age, when I get on Twitter and people are like cussing and they're chewing other people out or they're trying to, they're just trying to just be nasty to one another. Um, I think it's important that we take a step back and realize like, you don't know what kind of damage you're doing to somebody. You might think your words are innocent and you don't give a damn, but the words that you're using on that social media forum could really damage somebody. And I don't think we really take that into account too much. You know, it's okay to call somebody out on some silly stuff. But, you know, like Kelly Oubre the other night, you know, he's getting the N-word by a bunch of 12-year-olds. Like, get the hell out of here. You know what I mean? Like, what, what has he done? Has he really ruined your life to the point where you have to go to that degree? Like, come on. You know what I'm saying? And we're, we're all guilty of maybe going over the line a little bit, especially on social media. But not to that degree. You know, and, and so you don't know what how heavy the sack is that somebody's carrying and you should never you should never presume that you do. And so if you see somebody, you see signs, somebody being a little bit too quiet or a little bit, you know, withdrawn from everybody, isn't responding to text the way they normally do, is kind of, you know, stopped being social as much, you know, just reach out. Sometimes just reaching out and say, Hey man, you good? That sometimes that's all that you need to do. You know? And uh, you know, share a beer. Talk over some stuff. You know, maybe they got some stuff they got to get off their chest. Um, Justin Spears and I have have had millions of conversations. He's my homie. He's the guy that I go to every time I have a problem. You know, I just I need I need that soundboard. You know, um, my fiance, same thing. You know, she's my ride or die. You know, and and we're in this together. And there's some times where man, you just you just want to get a bottle of wine and just cry. You know, and it's okay as a, as a man to to say that. You know, and, and and women, you know, and it's it, it's not a toughness thing. It's not a, ma- a macho thing. It's a health thing. And I think once we start to change that perspective and get to that point, this world will be a b- much better place and a much safer place. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, take care of each other. That's my time. Hey, man, I appreciate you all. Like for real. I, I really do appreciate you all. Appreciate you all listening to this podcast. Hey, and uh, take care of each other. Peace.